it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. I don't know where Yates went, but Beto's here. <laughs> With the song, baby. Yeah, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, I saw Yates. He went to, down the hall. Are you going tomorrow? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, just like you, previous engagement. I'm not the PA announcer at Carson High, but I wish I was. Uh, <laughs> you but- don't understand. I'm so glad you said that, Beto. I was so thrilled to be asked to do that. I can't even. I'm surprised you. you didn't volunteer. I I want I wanted to, but I thought it would be kind of a bad. Wait, guy is your move. kid playing football? No. You just do it? <laughs> yeah. This is your last high school kid, right? It is. Yeah, you got to do it. Because I went through that this year. Good morning, Clinton Gates. What's going on? Uh, I went through it last year because my son graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. We're talking, so for his boss school basketball games, I'd be the guy mopping the floor. Awesome. Because one, it got me away from the parents uh-huh. uh, from both Crit- sides. Critical. So I got and I got into the games for free. And for a Catholic school, you have to volunteer hours. Yeah. So I would just mop. So I was the guy legit coming under mopping and going I, under. When I got the phone call, no, I, no, I don't know what to do, do now. I'm like, right. Hey, they did this. Hey, I don't know if you'd be. I'm like, yes, I would be interested. <laughs> yes. I've been waiting for this call for 10 years. Yes, I'm in. So you got a spotter and everything? I got a spotter. One of my yeah. buddies. Yeah. Yeah. I can't right wait. Th- that's it. It's, I, I can't I, wait. I think we got to work on like. Like a signature call, though. Something has nah, to be. Something. PA announcers don't really have the signature. I don't mean a signature call as in like something you do every time, but something that adds a little flavor yes. to the mix. So, what's you know the what nickname for the school? Dolphins. Touchdown Fins! <laughs> or something like that. Will you do an impression of a dolphin? Yeah, go. Do you, do you know it's a dolphin? Exactly. Yeah, do you, you have a dolphin? You got to do it like like Sam Lagana does a great job Sam's with the Rams. He's the president of Notre Dame High School who yes. just got Bronny's kid over there. Mm. Uh, but you know, like he has that those deep pipes. Yeah, you're good too. But you know, this is your first time. Don't mess up. I, I'm genuinely nervous to do it. How many games of an engagement is? Is this a six night six tour? Maybe? Like six Taylor? Fridays. Six Fridays. Maybe six a Friday. playoff game. Right. You never know. They never know. That whole yeah. a home playoff game. That would yeah. be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. That's yeah. going to be interesting for you. I'm happy for you. You're so excited. I, I, I my, my other friends, the, the guy that I'm doing it with is equally thrilled to do it with me because <laughs> right. we're dorks like that. It's we low like stakes and it's fun. Yes, and it's yeah, fun. Exactly. You spend some time with your friends. And also right. the school is really happy to have you because now they don't have to rush and find somebody every week. Exactly. That's, yeah, hard that's right critical. There. Especially somebody who knows what they're doing. Everyone else in my friend group is mortified that I'm as excited to do it as I am. Why? Like, Dude, what is your, you're really going to do that? What? Yeah. Yes, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to go anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't wait to the fourth quarter when you're all hammered. I mean, that's about as good a reason to go to a high school football game as there is, is yes. to be the PA guy. Yeah, you know? it. But don't do the play-by-play. Just go. No. First down. First Second down. and ten Dolphins. Yes, there you go. Miles right. Van Wy, I think that's his name. You don't have to say the full, whole name. Just say Van Wy to there it is. Duran. Yeah, Matt Dana eight, Hills. Eight yards. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> <Sure. laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait. So 
You're not going to Fernando. I'm not going to no. Fernando. Yeah, you got to carry go. the flag. I will for probably us. go. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. suppo- I'm going tonight. I just bought some tickets right now to go tonight. But I was supposed to go, but I was supposed to be out of town. And then now it's just become, you know, it's it a didn't whole line thing. up right. Yeah. You know, it's a whole, but it's cool that it's a whole weekend. Like tomorrow, I'm tempted to go to City Hall because it, it's Fernando Valenzuela Day. Mm-hmm. So they're having a proclamation at downtown City Hall. So I might go do some social for What there. time is that? 10 30 a.m. Oh, yeah. Well, you could go and, you know, check in. Check in. I, I might. I might. That I might would do not that. be a bad I'm deal. I'm going to go talk to the Fun and Games Department, see if okay. we can get somebody to do that. Well, by the way, you know, we have worked on this whole situation where we can get YouTubes into the stream. Yeah. Now. We did that the oh, other day on Sedano and Cap with Funch, where he was out buying That's lottery right. tickets and Cody was with him and. YouTube and call. We should do that. All right, I'm going to talk to Tommy because I'm, yeah. I'm not available tomorrow night, but I'm available tomorrow morning. That so, is actually perfect. That's a great right, idea. All right, yeah, cool. Okay. And then uh, Saturday is uh, the jersey. Then uh, Sunday they're giving fans a replica ring, but mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. But that song that I sent to Jorge, the Toro de Valenzuela, it was a corrido, which is an older song written by Los Invasores in Nuevo León. Nuevo León is in Monterrey, underneath Texas. Fernando's from Sonora, which is on the West Coast. Okay. So I heard this song, maybe I was like in 10th grade, and I'm like, I was go on my way to a baseball game because I had this cassette tape on the Walkman. <laughs> I just had Invasores with me, and I heard I'm like, wait, Toro Valenzuela, it's a song about Fernando Valenzuela. Yeah. And if you listen to it, it says uh, he was given a, a gift gifted arm by God, and it mentions all these towns where he's from, how the Dodgers have him out here, and he's el orgullo, the pride of it. So I heard it, and I was like, I heard you guys talking about it, like, George, you gotta play this. Yeah, Nothing against cool. ABBA, but it hits a little bit hard. It's a banger. <laughs> right, right. right. Or on brand. Yeah, right. little, it's and clearly for, on brand. And yeah. for, especially for you. For you to be playing Lalo Mora on this station, Travis, I, you are down. Because you well, are down, Travis. I am down. You might be a white kid from Arcadia, it's but you're really my amigo Tomas from Santa Monica, right? Gracias. Gracias. more. Uh, (laughs) I don't know why I thought your Spanish accent would be a little bit more refined than that. It's not. It's okay. I have my my Spanish vocabulary is so so, so so. My pronunciation is dreadful, but I I know some words. Come on, on. al pastor. Al pastor. Carnitas. Carnitas. There you go. Yeah. Well, oh. I know those. <laughs> yeah, I was That's all you need to know. The food, the food category he's yeah. got down. Señor, those más. Yeah. <laughs> más. I know that one too. Yeah. yeah. No, but you guys were talking Otra about vez. Yeah. Yeah. the impact of it. Like you were saying, yeah. so what, from the East Coast, I, I identify Fernando is it. Yeah. Right. So Fernando um, in Mexico they can't wear 34. His number is retired. Just in like in the whole country. Nationwide. The whole, the whole Mexican baseball league, his number is retired. How about so, that? This isn't me trying to say, oh, I'm dropping Fernando that we're friends. We're not, because I still idolize him, right? But when I go to Dodger games, I make sure to go by his booth and I say hi. And I was telling Travis in between the commercials that he is super shy. So there's a lot of people that will come on and say, I saw Fernando and he was a jerk. He didn't want to sign for me. He just doesn't like crowds. Like I'm. This is a man who has always been under the spotlight from the moment he showed up in L.A. And when there's a big crowd around him, he doesn't like that. He doesn't really talk much in general. He's very shy. Yeah, which is I've odd heard, considering I've heard he does play-by-play stuff. No, well, he's the analyst. He's the color, but he's he right. on the broadcast. Here's a, every he only day. does a few innings. Yeah, and he. But for a while, he and the Dodgers did not have a good relationship. Well, mm. the way that it ended with yes. the Dodgers was not great. Mm-hmm. That they released him right before opening day, before he could find another before team, before he could find another team. It was Ratchet. it was yeah. a bad deal. It was, right. it was a bad. So there deal. was a lot of animosity between him and the Dodgers, and then they were using his likeness, selling his jersey, and he had no connection with the team. He was getting nothing out of it. So right. for a lot of years, like Paul Gutierrez, who works for ESPN, you know, Paul yeah. covers the Raiders now, he, he would always write about Fernando. And finally, when Fernando's son, Junior, was playing at UNLV, 
Paul, Fernando lived in Glendale, would drive to UNLV and just sit by himself. And Paul's like, what are you doing here? He's like, watching my son. Welcome me up with the Dodgers. Eh, things are bad. So they right. finally got brokered back and forth. They were, so they, they brought him back into the broadcast, a little bit radio, a little TV. Now he's in a better place. The animosity is gone. Finally, getting recognition that he felt he always deserved. Well, he did deserve so, it. Yeah, but he did deserve the it. The team was like, "We're going to sell your jersey with or without you. We're good." And that that point is actually quite irksome to me in general because this is the kind of thing that happens a lot of times with athletes that have created a market in a certain place and teams who just because they don't have to will decide. Ah, guess what? You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be a part mm-hmm. of our program. There's a certain amount of atonement that comes with this that I think is a big part of what the Dodgers and the city are Absolutely. doing so far. And I'm right there sure. with you, Trevor. Cannot we're, ignore mm-hmm. that element. We're like, you're not a Hall of Famer? You shouldn't get retired. Because I was, I'm always been like that. That's yeah. just their policy. Like, the Raiders retire nobody. Right, but there has to be somebody son in the level. room that says, okay, I get it, I like it, however. When right. they started doing <laughs> this, like, Ring of Honor or that their yeah. own version of it. Dodger legend. Dodger legend. Now that's cool. Like, Hershiser for sure. You yep. know, that's it. Like, like nothing against Steve Garvey, but, you know, hey. Again, he's out. Impact, he had impact. There's no Sport. Garvey mania. Exactly. Okay. Here, here's the difference. Nomo mania. Was, Fernando mania. Nomo mania, yes. Not, it wasn't at the level of Fernando mania, no. but it was a real thing. Huge. Steve Garvey was a great player. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great players. Yes. Fernando Valenzuela was a great player for a short period of time, mm-hmm. but had an impact that has spanned multi generations. Without a doubt. International impact Correct. that's not just in the U.S., but in Mexico. And yep. we, who was the caller? Uh, I forget. Brenda her name. and Murrieta. Brenda and Murrieta yeah. say her parents from Peru yep. come right. in and they fell in love with Fernando and became baseball fans. And that's why, and, and I'm thrilled he's getting his number retired with the Dodgers. Well, I'm not glad he's having he, a weekend. Man. He he should be in the Hall of Fame because there is a very small handful of players whose impact transcends the white lines. I will yeah. tell transcends you, I, strikeouts or home runs or hits or anything else. Fernando Valenzuela simply put if you're telling the history of Major League thank Baseball, you. thank you. You can't tell it without That's it. That's exactly what I was going it. to say. He's one no. of those guys and I don't really love Hall of Fame arguments because it, it gets into this weird space yeah. of old guys that are arguing about numbers and things that don't matter. And I'm it's just like, what, what world are we looking at here? There's Fernando Valenzuela. Yeah. The, the guy belongs in the Hall of Fame. What are we even talking yeah. about here? The, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me that these things the are game, still The impact, see why, because you're a big baseball guy. As I've told you, I got, we got to go down to Mexico, maybe in the winter or something. Yeah. So he owns the Cancun baseball team down there. Okay. His really? son is the GM of it. And... Um, his, like, so when I had dinner with him at Dodger Stadium recently, I was like, hey, Fernando, I was in TJ, and I saw them playing against Mexico City. He was telling me how Mexico baseball works. And I was like, yeah. He goes, you know, on this day, they retired my number. I'm like, oh, that's cool. They retired my number. He's like, no, the league. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I see. Okay. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. In Guadalajara, the stadium down there, there's a statue. As soon as you walk in the main entrance, there's a statue. First time I went down there, I was like, whoa. Right. Then I realized. Oh, there's like 30 people lined up. And it wasn't the adults, see why? It was the little kids lined up, the parents bringing them. And he didn't even play down there. But it's just that impact right there. So when you're you're at Dodger Stadium, he doesn't really go down on the field for batting practice Mm -hmm. unless he really knows who somebody's down there or he has like somebody he, he has an engagement he has to have. But as soon as he's down there, I just like being in the background kind of working because I'm like, that's the dude. We all looked up. Every single Latin player comes up to him. Every Has single to. one, Has like to. out of respect, like it, it just. And Jaime Harim would always tell him, Fernando, you got to do this stuff. He's like, ah, 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 yeah, I just can't. And you know, Dodger Stadium, when you leave the field, 
you kind of got to go through the crowd. You got to go through Gen Pop. Yeah. And you got <laughs> you you to go through the escalator. There's yeah. no other way to get to the media level. Right. And there's been times, I bet, though, you ready? And I'm like, okay, I'll be the bad one here. <laughs> yeah. Because it, there's security with them, but there's still it, I'm screaming. the one who's like, hey, let's go, let's go. I Sorry, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Yeah. And he waited. It just, it sucks because he's- Well, he, he, did, that. He, he, he did the thing that even if you never saw him, you know him. Yeah, even even if he's in Bull Durham, he's right. (laughs) Well, and the other part, like for instance, I never saw Sandy Koufax pitch. Sure, I know, I know what he's about. I I know, I know how he pitched. I knew the style he pitched. I knew his attitude. Same thing with Don Drysdale. There's going to come a time where there's going to be a whole generation Uh, of Dodger fans that never saw Clayton Kershaw play. They're going to know about him. And Fernando's one of those guys. This is the Vita Blue list for me as well. Similar guys where you're just like, you know who they were because their personalities were that big and what they did was that impactful. Simple as that. His jersey, every single time you go to Dodger Stadium, there's a Venezuela jersey. Oh, yeah. When I went last week, there was a whole row of them in front of me. The whole family (laughs) had them on. That's awesome. There's another famous Mexican singer named Ramon Ayala who – Huge came out to Dodger Stadium a couple weeks ago. His thing was, I want to go in the booth with Fernando. Mind you, Ramon is from Texas and Laredo, and he's mm-hmm. him and Fernando in the booth together. It was like, oh my! So it's the impact where you have these mega stars. They're not coming to Dodger games. They're coming to see Fernando. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was reading a piece of talking about him going to the Hall of Fame, and he's one of the three most famous Mexican athletes of all time, yeah. right? With Julio Cesar Chavez, Chavez. and forgive me, the Hugo soccer Sanchez. player. Hugo, Hugo Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah. That, look, if Hugo you're Sanchez at Dodgers a couple weeks ago doing a piece for Fernando. So I, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Yeah. If we're doing the most famous American athlete, what are we doing? Babe Ruth, Jackie Robinson, Muhammad Ali? Probably. That's probably yeah. where you okay. are. Okay. Yeah. You're one of those guys? Right. That's yeah. what we're talking you about. You belong in the Hall of Fame. Right? That, that, that's what they we're could talking probably about. And just came from a small little ranch town. Like, you probably put a statue of him outside the stadium with no light. Yes, like, yeah, you could do that. Well, you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. no, there's no overdoing the respect to Fernando Valdez. And, and that's when, who's, who's. I, I want to meet the person, the the person in the Hall of Fame or whoever's responsible for doing this stuff that says, "Um, guys, he only won 175 games." Well, those who, who's those guys listening to Bruce Springsteen. Oh, trust me. Yeah, there's a lot of them. These guys. Show they make it at, publicly. They make. They show up at the winter meetings every year. They all look. Exactly they look at the numbers, would, and that's it. Exactly how you would expect them to look. Crusty old dudes who just don't care about cultural impact because they don't understand what mm-hmm. that means. Because that's not why they were ever there to begin with. They're looking at the Fred McGriff's in the Hall of Fame, and I don't mean Harold Gaines. That's is what I mean. In the Hall of Fame. It, it, it's come on, love man. the crime. Dog, I right do too. There. He's a good player. Harold Baines, though, that's the one that got me a couple years Did ago. Did anybody yeah. ever say, "Hey, guys, tonight we're going to go see Harold Baines"? <laughs> never, never one time. Not even but the people how many in Chicago. Times do you think right. somebody said, "Guys, Fernando's pitching tonight. Yes. Let's go." All or right, at least turn on let's, the television. Let's go. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's. The one it's thing that might help him is that Josh Rowich, former Dodgers uh, PR director, he's now the president of the Baseball Hall of Fame, who went yeah. to Chatsworth High, yeah. worked for the Dodgers. I think he can make more of an impact on the cultural side. As far as getting in, that's the B- BWAA. And that yeah. Well, and he's, he's, he's on, on the happen. Veterans Committee the veterans, now. And the veterans, I don't even think he's on there anymore, is the he? Veterans, he's still on. He's still the Veterans barely. Committee is also just it's, – it's, it's become such a time versus numbers game yep. that I sort of tune out to all of it because it's like, oh, well, if you're on the Veterans Committee, you've only got a certain amount of time before you're off of it, and it's like, all right. But you, you also know. have guys on the Veterans Committee who are no no longer saw Fernando play, right? They yeah. weren't around for that impact. No, no, no. I mean, in terms of your time on the, the voters, ballot. I'm talking about the yeah, voters. Yeah, no, right. And so it's just a, it's another it's another gamed system that is not particularly fair. It's just an extra level of the same this, nonsense. That this doing. is probably not a hard and fast rule that I'd like to establish for anything necessarily, but. If there's a 30 for 30 about you and your impact, yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good indicator that you should be in the Hall of Fame. Exactly. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. I'm, you know what? We love Tommy, but Tommy knew how to milk Fernando, too. Because Tommy knew Look. how to, like, 
Mi amigo speaks in español. Tommy knew how to climb onto him. Right. He knew Tommy what was also up. threw him 300 innings a year, four years in a row. Right. And I'll well, tell you some stories yeah. off the air. <laughs> and that that is a whole other thing. Put him back out there. Put him. I mean, because for the because first four years should. of his career, he was a horse. He well until he wasn't. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. He was amazing, and then he was a guy. Yeah. And that is unfortunate. But here's the he last one great. for this trap. Fernando was just so humble about things. He used to play. Quiet Cannon, Montebello, where we had the first Mandy's. Yeah, that used to be his home track during the like the I think on Tuesdays he I, had his own game. He would play there up until recently. I can't. That's tell putting you. all of Fernando's business I, in the street. No, I, because everybody would say because Fernando's like I'm not a country club guy. I'm not. Right. Go, I, I no, live I in Glendale, but I'm not going to Sherwood or whatever. I got my game that we play on Tuesdays with the guys who've been playing for twenty something years, and everybody knew that Fernando that's on cool. Tuesdays yeah. was in Montebello. That is cool. You talk about being in the streets. That's in the streets. That man. is in the streets. For I've sure. played the Quiet Canyon Golf Course yeah. more than once. Mm-hmm. If I had gone out there and saw Fernando Valenzuela in that golf course, I would have dropped it. <laughs> I was going to say you would have fainted immediately. <laughs> Six a.m. He was there. <laughs> that's amazing. I, that's that's he fantastic. I'm just going to start going in case he decides. <laughs> I think it's still it under out. construction. I think no. We can get. I can, we can get him to our tournament. All right. Well, look, black gold. I'm, We'll make it, it make it happen, Beth. Let's we'll go. get it done. Yeah. All right. Did Pat Riley throw a little shade at LeBron? It's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. What did you think of my uh, dolphin impression? I was pretty accurate because dolphins sound like they are mutilating sea animals <laughs> at all hours of the day. So if it was horrifying, then that means it was probably pretty good. That's that's that's. Dolphins are also bullies. Yes. Yeah, they're they're they are. they're uh, they're aggressive creatures. Predators. Yeah, the dolphins yes. the dolphins and the orcas are not our friends, guys. Yeah. No, no, they're they're highly Although intelligent. Although I am rooting for the orcas at all. Of course, times. I do. They're like not that our they're taking on the boats now. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> now we're done. With I you mean, they're guys. running their offense to perfection. You know what I'm saying? Knocking down <laughs> mega boats left and right, getting first downs, matriculating down the ocean field. That's what we like. They are tough to face on their home court. I, I got what I have. A dolphin now. I have a peacock. What else do I have? I have a parrot. Uh, yeah. I have I just got a, I have a well, hawk. Exactly. Oh, yeah, Messi. You have Messi. I have Messi. I've got a whole You have repertoire. UCLA guy. I have UCLA guy. And then whatever this is. You have is. Roger Clemens. You can do a tight five now. And then whatever this is. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's me. Yes, that's, that's that's taco. That's taco. Taco Trav is who that is. Yeah, that's just me when I get wound up on something. Or that's I can't you and like you know, their your windows up, but someone else's window is down in the car in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly that's what you're the worst. talking about. It's yeah. like somebody on the other side of the car needs to crack their window. Right. <laughs> I did the thing this morning, Emily, that would have made you jump out of out of my car. 
I just were in silence the whole time? The whole way. Wow. It's okay. The whole way. I just wasn't ready to... I was telling you, Yates, yeah. I had a really had a bad night, bad on night a, of sleep. On like I, just, I don't think I slept more than 45 minutes in a row at any point last night. And I got in the car. I'm getting ready to drive. Were like, you tossing and turning over 1989 Taylor's version 2? <laughs> totally, tur- totally wound up about it. I couldn't let it go. I was bummed that I had missed the moment for sure, obviously. But yeah, great. the whole ride in science. Hour and, I, I think it's about an yeah, hour and 18 that's minutes. That's psychopath uh, stuff, but you know, to each their own. I, I just needed a little time to... Reflect. That's really said the salty dog. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, but no, Fernando. That, so that'll be fun if Beto does that on Friday because it went reasonably well with Funchy out on the street mm-hmm. and all of us in here. I think that with an actual plan, it can go yeah. very well. I'm into it. So it, it into means it. that somebody has to go Man with on the Beto. Street. Is Cody still here? Where's Cody? He's back. Cody, there. is Cody? Are you down to go with Beto? Downtown tomorrow? Are you available? Maybe no. he's giving a no. Okay. That 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 was the 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 manual signal was maybe. If it was any the, other day, like the face, the face was <laughs> hell no. I, the face is yeah. I have no desire. To I don't do get that paid enough for this whatsoever. Yeah. Okay, he's got to be here. Apparently, we can figure something out. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. What, we're actually going to stream on a Friday. Whoa! How about I mean, that? you know, why not? Why not? Why not? That's what I say. Tim in Los Angeles, you are up next. What's going on, Tim? How you doing, guys? I really enjoy your discussion about Fernando. Thank you. I got I got to say that Fernando being having his uniform retired by the Dodgers and being inducted into the Dodger honor ring or whatever they call it is right, proper, and correct. And Fernando's significance to Los Angeles transcends his performance on the field. He's a cultural icon. We all get that. And I think him being honored by the Dodgers is great. I don't think that his accomplishments and his cultural impact transcend the entire width of baseball that would make him a baseball Hall of Famer. But he is most definitely a Dodger Hall of Famer. And you were mentioning the veterans committees. There are so many great players who have been passed over, like Richie Allen and Lou Whitaker and Dale Murphy and Don Mattingly, that I think even Fernando would be down lower on that pecking order. But in Los Angeles, most proper that his jersey is retired. And one last thing about Fernando in Los Angeles. When Dodger Stadium was built in 1962, the Chavez Ravine site was the site of a Mexican-American community. Mm-hmm. The people were eminent domain and forcibly moved from the property. And for a lot of older Hispanic people that I grew up with, they did not like the Dodgers for that reason. When so, Fernando came along that, Tim, in the I, early I want to jump in right here because I want to, I want to talk about this. Stealing Home, My, great book about that, by the, the way. It's a great book. My grandmother was not a Dodger fan for that exact reason. Yeah. No, no, she, no, like, she, could, she was like, nope, they ran the people off the land. I'm out. Yeah. And, and she never let it go. I get it. I get it. Does not that make the argument for Fernando even more impactful? Again, Richie Allen that, and Lou Whitaker. I mean, that, Richie Allen was a great player, big hitter who played for the Phillies forever. Lou Whitaker, one of the best sure. fielders of all time. But, I mean, we're talking about Fernando but, Valenzuela. That he brought the people back in. I want to, I want to talk about what he said for a second. I... I want you to speak to this, Yates, because as a native Angelino, as a Dodger fan, it's very hard for me to separate myself from the impact on Los Angeles relative to the impact on the the baseball country at large. Yeah, I don't think that somebody from Los Angeles can say, well, his impact wasn't that big outside of just for Los Angeles. I just told you that he's easily the most famous Los Angeles Dodger I can think of off the top of my head. 
easily. And for all of the reasons stated, number one, style of play. Number two, impact on Los Angeles. Number three, where he's from. And number four, marketability. There's a name. Fernando Mania is a thing. You know what I mean? And you can get all into the numbers and this, that, and a third. But again, what's it called? The Hall of Fame. Okay? At some point, Fame has to matter. And that's why when you talk about Don Mattingly and Lou Whitaker and Richie Allen, these guys were great baseball players for certain. But there are a lot of people who don't know jack about baseball who know exactly who Fernando Valenzuela is. And it's not just because he did something crazy. It's because he was a good baseball player with that kind of impact. Listen, I get it. Chavez Ravine and the history of that place as far as eminent domain and all that, that's a whole other story that I think, again, could be perfectly told in Cooperstown via the Fernando story. I just... I don't. I cannot imagine a world in which somebody from Los Angeles does not think that that player belongs in Cooperstown. That's th- shocking. A- and it transcends the United States. Yes, it is an international phenomenon as well. Easily, it, it is something that his. I, I don't. There were obviously Mexican baseball fans before Fernando Valenzuela, but the amount of fans after and before and that continue to play. Julio Urias in in the piece was quoted as a look, this was the only guy I heard about growing up. Exactly. This is what my grandfather and father told me He's about the guy. when I was learning the game. This was the guy that we all wanted to be and that's in a whole separate country. Don Mattingly and Lou Whitaker. Stop. Come on, man. Stop. These guys, I mean, <laughs> Stop. Like I just like, I, I look, I understand that people want to sort of flex their knowledge about a certain era of the I, game. I get it. But none of these people are no, Fernando no. Valenzuela. And, and not there's one. there's the threshold of who's good enough or not, we're done. Yeah. We're we're, we're done with that because That's not even the there's part a we're bunch talking about. of guys right. that are in that are like, eh, whatever. If we're gonna have this if the slice needs to be you need to be Ken Griffey Jr. to get in. Then we're going to kick out about ninety percent of these yeah. dudes, <laughs> right? You know, exactly. because there aren't there are only a handful of Griffies. There's only you know there's only a certain <laughs> amount, you know, and it's just again cultural impact is 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 as important for certain people. Yes, and Fernando is one of those. Fuego. Fa- Factor cap is coming up next. It's Travis Slee. Yates is in for Slee on seven ten ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, guys. Hello. I have a, we have one more day of uh, somewhat very few references to Taylor Swift, and I will <laughs> promise everybody that I will lay off for at least two months. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> go, we're going till the end of the week. Yeah, yeah uh, that's, that's how that's going to happen. All right, so Adam Sandler was one of the many celebrities that was at the Taylor Swift concert last night, and I retweeted a picture of him, and he looks like he could have been anywhere. It's not like he, he did not specifically dress up 
for the Taylor Swift concert. He was wearing a, yeah, exactly. He was wearing a pink polo. It looked like a Sunny Swagger polo, maybe, and basketball (laughs) shorts. Okay. So then everyone else is dressed to whatever the nines are for the occasion. So, oh, yeah, this is pink Adam. This is exactly vintage Adam. (laughs) He could have been anywhere. No matter the occasion, you will wear what you want to wear. Travis, Patrick, Cap. Cap. If, if if it's something that requires a certain dress code, whether it's casual or formal or anywhere in between, I'm going to accommodate the event. If you're like, playing pickleball, you wear Vans. I, I, well, yeah, <laughs> footwear is a little different. But yeah. for instance, like I'm not going to wear if I let's just say I'm a suit guy. I'm not going to wear a suit to a pool party. Okay, right. If it's a if I'm a super casual guy, if it's a wedding, I'm not showing up in sweats and a tank top. Right, you put on a suit. Right, and you get there. There are certain things that require a certain uniform, and I follow the rules. Uh, this is much closer to fact than cap for me. I typically wear whatever I want to wear, and if I can't wear whatever I want to wear, probably not going to go. That's sort <laughs> of how I've been, and that's been something I've felt for a lot of different reasons in this business as a journalist for a long time. I mean, I remember when I would first walk, work at the Washington Post, and I was just wearing T-shirts to work. Like, you know, they were, I mean, I didn't look like a bum. I had cool stuff on, and people were like, that's just how you go to work. I'm like, yeah. Like, what am I going to do, wear a suit? Why would I wear a suit? I don't wear a suit anyway. <laughs> what if your boss is at the Post and come to you and said, hey, listen, we have a dress code here, and you need to wear X, Y, Z. That was never going to be the case because that was part of the deal. I was always like, "Hey, look, if I've got a dress like this, you're getting a different person." I get it. You but are, what if you they? Know. What if that was the request? Boys got talent. Never came up. You know what I'm saying? And that was a big part of why I felt like when. So I you finally... just reject the premise altogether. Uh, yeah, that there's I mean, nowhere well, where somebody would say to you, "I need you to do this," or we're going to find I, somebody my else. My goal was to get to a point where that was never going to be a problem, and that was a big thing when I first got on around the horn. People were always. Like, dude, you're just out here wearing hoodies. I'm like, yes, we're talking about sports. Get over it, buddy. You know what I mean? I don't need to dress like some guy in, the, in 1985 just because I'm on a TV show where, you know, older dudes are doing that. I was like, there's no way in the world I'm going to be myself because I want other kids to know you can be yourself and actually do this. You're so, an inspiration yeah. to Thank the youth. Thank you. I do my best. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jorge? Uh, cap is if I have to wear what I have to wear for that specific event, right? Yeah, Cap. Uh, when I try to wear something that I really want to wear for something that is supposed to be formal, Brenda will check. Be like, oh, no. Those shoes don't work or that shirt, no, it's got to go. And I'm the same way with her. She's like, hey, what do you think about this? I can be honest with her and be like, nope, change it. That's not You can people. say I don't like that and she'll, yeah. okay. And she's like, really? Like, yeah, why not? And then I give her my reasons. She's like, all right, cool. I'm not afraid. And like he says, hey, I'm going to tell you how it is. Yeah. And then, and the, yeah. The other side to what I'm saying, too, is that I love a good theme. So, like, if your theme is good, I will adhere to it in my <laughs> style. You know what I'm saying? In my way of doing it, a la the Mandy's. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I was wearing shorts and a sweater there. A lot of people had suits on, whatever, whatever. But it was formal. It was nice. You know, so there's a little bit of both on that front. All right. So this is something that has been happening in the news in the past couple of weeks. And, you know, I feel like it's just kind of been brushed under the rug. People aren't talking about it enough. But you think that we should be more scared about UFOs. Yates, Fetter Cap. Uh, I'm going to say Cap because I don't necessarily know that fear is the first thing that comes to mind when I think about planets and other things from other places like i don't necessarily assume that anything that shows up on earth is trying to kill everything and everyone at the same time like there's entirely possible that these cats can pull up and chilling yo yeah what's going on oh you got the asada going? What's, what's happening? Oh, no, you know hell no. Saying? We'll never like, be asada, yeah, man. I'm not, Jorge I'm would not, send him back. I'm not. I'm <laughs> Go not back to under, Mars, fool. I'm not exactly. <laughs> out of here. I was talking about this with somebody the other day, and I was like, when we went to the moon, did we take guns with us? 
Was that a thing that we did? Did we have weaponry under the under the <laughs> good question under the question of whether or not we encounter something? Are we automatically going to try to kill them? Like I don't I don't fear UFOs for that reason. I fear UFOs because we just don't know what's there. Not because I assume they're going to try to take us out. Not okay. even close. Jeff, um, I agree with what he was saying about the fear, but I want to just twist this around. I I believe that they're out there. I believe that they've been here. Yes, I believe that to be true. If it were what you're saying, that they're here to chill, <laughs> why would we keep that a secret? If we knew, and the, the and, oh, I, because I, I, al- I also believe that we have contacted is the wrong word, but Perhaps, interacted yeah. with, sure, okay, or recovered things. And if it were all like, you guys aren't going to believe this, this is from another land, we don't even know, look, look at how amazing this is. I think that we would get some of that, that everything is as clandestine as it is, Makes me think that it's not cool. I think that, that there is some sort of malice intent. I think the reason behind that, though, is us, not them. It's because we're the idiots trying to take everything over. Perhaps. And so, <laughs> yeah. as a result, Perhaps. we're assuming other people are, or we can't even, you know what I'm saying? People talk about colonizing Mars and all this other stuff. I'm like, what? what? How about you just go see if they've got food that can sustain the planet every once in a while? Well, we forget about colonizing it. You it's going to be 150 degrees here in the winter before too long. That's we need true. To, we're going to need to go to somewhere. Out some other options. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, you're right about that. Losing Jorge. Uh, when it comes to fear no i don't i don't know why we should fear that every time i see a video i'm like intrigued i'm like i wonder if i yes. can see in there like i wonder like why do they have to be around what if it's not round all the time you know what i'm saying like the ufos why do they have to be around is it just something that somebody just pictured and said hey this is what the, that looks propaganda, like propaganda baby right but it's what it, like there's a there's a mexican guy jaime mausan i think his name is and he's fascinated by ufos and sightings and stuff since i was a kid i follow him on twitter whatever and he's always trying to go after the quote-unquote truth about things, but I, sh- I wouldn't be afraid. I was no. a Coast to Coast listener for many years of my life. I loved that show. Coast to Coast was fantastic. I loved that show. Fantastic. It was, for those of you that may not know, You're it not, came on- You're super nerdy radio files like it, me and Travis. It, it, <laughs> it came on late at night. Yeah, it was a It was a national based, show, yeah. and it was hosted by Art Bell and then George Norrie, yep. and it was all about UFOs, Bigfoots, paranormal, uh, paranormal activities. Yep. It was, you know, remote viewing. Yeah. All of the it was fascinating. <laughs> and he used to do a show from his bunker in Roswell, where he yeah, lived. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was pretty great. It was pretty. Plus, I, this is too big for just us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To, it, yeah. The the level of arrogance that goes along with we're the only thing is staggering. <laughs> There's no yeah. chance. Yeah. No chance. What's up, Em? What's All this? right, so. Speaking of this, uh, today is National Lazy Day. So this song yeah. is from Lazy Sunday, a short from Woke SNL. Up in the late so afternoon, call Parnell just to see what he's doing. Yep, exactly. All right, so Sundays are the best lazy days. Uh, Jorge, factor cap. Oh, Sundays? Yes. I if the, if Brenda wants to go to church and then go to see her mom or do like yes do whatever you got to do leave me alone with the remote <laughs> and the six pack for lunch and I'm good. <laughs> uh no, it's cap for me. I Sundays are pre-work days. Yeah. And I can't relax when I know I, I have I'm, something to do the next day. I'm with day. you on that. That Friday even though it's an actual work day is far more relaxing for me than a Sunday. Saturday is the best day of the week because you had Friday night, you can ease into your Saturday, mm-hmm. and then you can go again on Saturday afternoon slash evening if you want and get right on Sunday. Sunday, I take it easy because I got work the next day. Yeah. This is something that over the course of my adult life has changed a little bit, but one thing that has never changed, Friday is my favorite day of the week for a couple reasons. Number one, you get to do both. You get to have both your work or your school fun, and then you get to have your side fun in the same day. So if you like those people on either end, you get both. 
Sunday is a little bit of a personal sort of work day. I've gotten to the point now where I sort of build on Sundays. I'm, I like preparing for the week in a way that doesn't make me anxious the way the Sunday scare is used to, which leaves Saturday as the perfect lazy day because yep. you've had what you're going to do the day before. There's not really anything to do the next day. Saturday is the day where I do not, I like sort of refuse to work on Saturdays. Like, you know, in this business, you have to do weekend stuff. You guys are at camp, obviously. I don't like doing anything. I don't like planning anything on a Saturday that's going to be remotely stressful. What about you, Em? Uh, Sunday is definitely my favorite lazy day because I usually try to do Sunday kind of with, lay around the house, especially if I'm not uh, during Rams season or whatever. Yeah. But I I can kind of check out on Sunday. Saturday is usually like it's usually Sunday is the hungover day, and then you or you're pretty lazy. <laughs> That's funny. What's next? Um, all right, so uh, Walker Bueller is uh you know trying to potentially get back um but at the beginning of September, and it just you know obviously there's. Injury history, you know what? What are you gonna do there? But uh, it came to mind this this quote from Finding Nemo, uh, which I quote all the time. So here, <laughs> here it is. No, you can't. You think you could do these things, but you can't, Nemo. All right. So you think you can do these things, but you can't, Nemo. So there is something that you will never do again because you've been injured doing that thing. Oh, that's a good question. Traff, factor cap. Oh boy. Um, because I've been injured doing the thing. And I will count. Okay, so. I will count if you've had, like, you can't eat a certain food again because of something else, too. The only thing that comes to mind right away is, and I've done it since because I like to do it in specific settings, I got hurt dancing at a wedding. Oh, dear. And it messed me <laughs> up for not years, decades. Right. Okay, I, I was it was at Jim Rome's wedding, a beautiful <laughs> wedding up in Napa. Okay. We're having a great time, and... uh Tom Tolbert was a guest at the wedding, a friend of mine, and we were on the dance floor. And Tom, for Tom was an NBA player, played in the league for a long time. He's a talk show host up in San Francisco on KBR, super good guy. And Tom and I like to have a good time. Sure, and we were having a good time. And we were out it. on the dance floor. Tom's about six ten, and was not in NBA playing shape at the time, <laughs> okay. shall we say? Yeah. He hit me with like a body check on the dance floor. Bumping boot booties? That I went flying and landed on the wooden dance floor tailbone first. Oh, no. And it bothered me, and I'm hand to God truth, it right. bothered me for 20 years. Wow. And, and I remember after about six months going to the doctor, and he's like, oh, yeah, those never heal. That might bother you the rest of your life. Jeez. He's like, there, there's, no, there's no blood. There's, there's, no, there's, there's no way to do it. Th- th- yeah. th- you can't fix that. Just, wow. You're going to have to learn to do it. Thankfully, it went away after about 20 years, but that's the only thing I can think of. This is a fact for me for a similar reason, which is playing basketball. Like, I can't play basketball without getting hurt, and, like, it's just not that fun at that point. You know what I mean? I know a lot of guys that I played high school ball with who are like, oh, yeah, I'm getting after it. We're all a bunch of 40-year-old guys that's fun nobody can really do anything i'm like dog that ain't fun to me you know what i'm saying like i I just don't i don't have the desire to do it if i can't do it at least at the speed that i want to do it even if it's not the same effectiveness i.e kicking balls all around the infield i don't mind that but if i can't run up and down the court for more than 30 seconds at a time i'm out it's like i just thought of another one when i was done playing baseball at santa barbara we have an alumni game for the recently sure you know out of the program players so you know you're done when you're 22 23 you play to your 23 24 25 or whatever and right so anyway i came back it's like a year or two after i was done playing but i had not done anything prior to this was pitching somebody hit the ball back at me and i hear everything i go oh and i'm looking like what they're get back in the dugout. The end of the end, they're like, dude, you nearly got killed. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, that ball missed your head by about six. I'm like, <laughs> I never saw it. 
Wow. I never saw it. It just I saw I knew it got a hit. I knew it went back up the middle, right, but I but didn't know you where even it paying went. Attention. It would have caught me right between the eyes. Oh man. And so that guess that was the last competitive pitch I ever threw. Got it. Jorge? Uh we just talked about skateboarding what la- oh, earlier yeah. this week. So I go to my mom's house and there's skateboards in the garage. I take it out, try to bust a kick yeah. clip. Dude. <laughs> Not I was happening. Like, uh-uh. <laughs> I, I was just trying to get off the curve and all that ollie, whatever. I was like, oh, no, I can't do this. Like, I don't have the legs. Now that I'm thinking about it, similar things and the things I will never try. Remember the other day, Beto was talking about he's going down the LAFC game. He's going to ride a bird. Never. I will never, oh, scooter. ever, ever <laughs> ride one of those in next. a major metropolitan city. It will never, ever happen. I wouldn't ride one down my street I, again, with no traffic. Ag- again, I, I do, first of all, you look like an idiot riding them. Second of all, every potential accident yes. is a major one. There's no fender benders on birds. <laughs> there's point. no, there's <laughs> nothing, you don't just get a flat. If that <laughs> thing goes awry, you're gone. Ask you Janice. Know? Remember, she was, she was she used to work the morning show with yep. us. She comes in. Scraped on the arms of the staple stuck Bruh. on her elbow like, you, from oh. the street. People no, think I'm joking yes. when I say I can't mess up the moneymaker. You know who did that one time? <laughs> Izzy Gutierrez had a bandage on his face on national television because he beat it on a bird. And I was like, yeah, I'm never going to be in that position. <laughs> I have a Not random once. one too. So I uh, used to work with when we I swam, I was a competitive swimmer. I used to work with resistance bands, and we used to, those oh, and other things too. I don't like too. where this is going. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. So. Uh, you're somewhat you're attached to the, to the starting block, and then you uh, swim as far as you can against the resistance. And so I, at, once the person got as far as out as possible, you're just supposed to bring them back. You're supposed to pull on this cord and bring them back. This idiot, this guy, again, I don't <laughs> forgive him. He uh, swam as far as he could. He took it off while he it was fully stretched. Oh. Snap back, hit my leg. I still have a chunk oh. out of my leg because of it. Oh. Thankfully, it hit your leg. Frankly, exactly. Right, that, so it, I can't do ugh. resistance bands anymore. I don't blame you. That's <laughs> brutal. I, I knew how that story was going to end, and it's still worse than I thought it was going to be. All right. Speaking of Walker Bueller, he pitched yesterday. He pitched a little sim game and presents a whole bunch of questions for what the Dodgers do over the last month, and then of course in October. That's coming up. It's Travis Lee. Yates is in for Slee on seven ten ESPN. No, you can't. You think you could do these things, but you can't, Nemo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So you're just telling me, Yates, that uh, so okay. you got a text. My from- buddy, my buddy Slim. He won't mind me saying this. Okay. He he was known he was known locally in DC on the radio as GPS Gambling Partner Slim because he would go on our other buddy's show and they would always go over the picks. So the GPS report is what he'll hit us with okay. every day, which is what he's gambling on that day. He's a responsible dude. He's a dad. He's fine. 
He wrote, he sent, the, he sent a text with the link to the story that we talked about earlier in the day, and he just wrote, legend in the degenerate community. And I'm talking like, about Mickelson. Yes, talking about Mickelson, <laughs> and that's pretty much where he is now, D-Gen community legend, Phil Mickelson. Okay, for people that hadn't heard the story, there was a piece, there's a new book coming out. Yes, um, Billy Walters. Billy Walters has written a book, and Billy Walters is considered one of, if not the most successful American gambler of all time. And, and I'll just read you the opening sentence of the piece because it kind of lays out the whole thing. Phil Mickelson bet more than $1 billion on football, basketball, and baseball over the past three decades and even allegedly attempted to place a $400,000 wager on Team USA in the 2012 Ryder Cup in which he participated, according to an upcoming book by renowned professional gambler Billy Walters. A billion with a B. Billy. A he, Billy. According to this Billy Walters guy. He also believes that Mickelson probably has lost somewhere in the neighborhood of about a hundred million. Yeah, what's you know somewhere in the neighborhood? Hundred mil. What's a hundred mil between R- round numbers? Yes, hundred million. Right. My goodness. Okay, if you're Phil Mickelson, yeah, you've earned a hundred million on the golf course and probably at least that much more off of it. Certainly. Right. Is this a problem? You know, I think I wonder. So we talked about this part earlier, and I do want to get your thoughts on this because the guy's from out here. I mean, he's a Cali guy. You said San people, Diego guy. People who know him and people who have been around him for a while. Do you think he cares about his image as yes. much as other people might not? You know what I'm saying? So, like, had you asked me this question two years ago, I would have said unequivocally yes, that his image was very important to him, I believe. Okay, because I feel like there's now, been a bit of a heel turn. Now, there's no saving it. Right. Right? That okay. he, he is he is looked at as a certain type of person now, and it's like, eh, at this point, like, did, was there still somebody that was super in that's now out on this announcement? Probably not. Sure. He showed up wearing that leather jacket at something. What, what was he? Where, I, there, leather jacket Phil is who I think of now. Well, he got thin. Yes. That he doesn't look like Hold the on. guy that we were familiar with for 25 years. This in. Right. He, he did show up wearing clothes that were not like country club attire, so to speak. Here he is. <laughs> right? Oh, man. It, this it, is it's not a good, good look for him. But you see the numbers. A billion. And you, I don't care who you are. A hundred million dollars in losses? Is, that's that's a person. We're not talking like somebody. Oh, they, this company lost a hundred million over the year because right. their it's, stock it's some, price right, went exactly. down. Right, exactly. Like an individual, or somebody bought them and decided they wanted to turn the site into something that nobody wanted to use. <laughs> not like that. But <laughs> Phil Mickelson. I mean, the, this picture of him in the leather jacket is yeah. just unbelievable. Somebody said that he's given off severe divorce dad oh, vibes. Mega <laughs> divorce dad energy. Midlife crisis plus divorce dad energy. Yeah. That's where Phil Mickelson is occupying yeah. his space right now. I I don't think it's going to because. Look, the people that knew him and knew knew him beyond his uh, his public persona, right, are not the least bit surprised by this. That's Maybe the numbers are a little larger than anybody might have anticipated, but that Phil Mickelson likes action is not breaking news. I didn't realize it's just the amounts that he was like this. <laughs> I can't get over the leather jacket look because he also mixed in the beard. Oh yeah, I forgot about I forgot well, about the he's, beard. He's trying out new the, things. The, the he's be- going to new places that he hasn't been in a while. He he's trying to meet people that before you know he wasn't trying to catch their eye, and now he I is. Don't, I don't I don't know that I would want to see Phil in a public setting. I would. I'm I sure would. You, he's more your speed. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I feel like you guys could have some things to talk about, but Phil to me is just not a like. If I'm in the same place as Phil Mickelson, I've made some decisions that probably went against what I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I get that. That's I, pretty much where I, I, get I am that. with things. He, yeah. He's on the list, and I'll put Tiger Woods on this. So there, there's a bunch of guys. 
those guys have stories. And if you, and I'm talking, the, you know, the proverbial truth serum in the neck moment. Right. Like, I'd like to know what that guy knows. I'd like to know what he's seen and heard. I think that would be, he, he's on the list of people. Him, Mike Tyson, John Daly, Tiger Woods, uh, Dennis Rodman. Michael John Daly's Jordan, a different discussion. That, but he's awesome. They've lived lives. Yeah. And, and they, they've lived, they, they've had incredible successes. True. Very public failures. Monumental failures. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I'm 100 in. 100 million. I'm in. On this Walker. idiot. <laughs> that that could be the guy with the, the resistance band. That could be this anybody. This idiot. That could be the guy that beat you for class secretary in fourth this grade. This idiot. <laughs> I love that drop. Well done, Jorge. Good job. Walker Bueller threw a uh, simulated game. Okay. He, he, he pitched. Dave Roberts said that it went much better than he expected, that he's making progress. Uh, Walker Bueller's had this. This is the part that makes me a little anxious about what they may try and do. This is uh, Walker Bueller talking about this. This is his second TJ surgery, and he had the most recent one about a year ago. This surgery is a 14 to 18-month procedure, so if I step on the field this year, I'll have blown that out of the water. I'm pretty proud of where I am. It's not a record I want my guy to break. I don't need you to be the the guy that recovered faster from your second Tommy John surgery than anyone before you. So I, I, I don't need that. This gets back to my original concern as to why I did not want him going down this path to begin with, because this tracks personality-wise with who he is as a pitcher as well. These driveline guys, and I'm using driveline loosely, is in these dudes who are all into the plyo, max effort, velo is God kind of stuff. These kind of guys come with the mentality of, I'm trying to beat every number I can in whatever amount of space and time in order to prove something to myself, which to me is totally unrelated to your ability to pitch and your ability to stay on the field. And It'd be one thing if he was sort of an easygoing kind of character who's like, oh, yeah, I think I can actually make it back here. But no, everything is hyper-aggressive, hyper-everything, and I just don't think that that bodes well, bodes well for a guy on his second TJ, Travis. So I, I'm going to I'm gonna lay out three paths that the Dodgers could take with Walker Bueller over the remaining month and a half of the season okay. and whatever postseason comes after that. I think that there are three distinct ways that they could try to – manage this moving forward that's coming up next it's Travis Lee 710 and our ESPN. snake draft and of course it's a snake draft that's coming up it's Travis Lee 710 ESPN